0: The Once in Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. Blackhold was under siege. The very foundations shook as Orc warriors ferociously assaulted the main gates with a battering ram the size of a wood serpent. General Kerr, the esteemed commander of Blackhold, stood atop the highest parapet, alone but for his longbow, a bucket of arrows, and a noose hanging from a high above bell tower. Kerr loosed arrow after arrow into the orc hordes. Most hit their marks, but it made no matter, the orc numbers were too great. The next crash was accompanied by a splintering noise. The orcs were through the gates, Kerr continued to loose arrow after arrow as his men fought valiantly in the corridors of Blackhold. One distinctive figure cut a path of destruction through the defenders. General Traft, the half-orc rebel general, swung his double-bladed scythe with a deadly grace. Guardsman after guardsman fell to Traft's brutal dance. Kerr continued to loose his arrows until it was clear all hope was lost. Calmly, Kerr launched two final arrows before laying down his bow. He climbed up to the noose. Traft, seeing this, broke into a sprint through the chaos of battle. Kerr maneuvered his head into his noose, while Traft was still two dozen paces away. As General Kerr kicked away his bucket, Traft flung his scythe. The gleaming blade spun through the air, flecks of blood spraying off of it as it flew. Kerr fell. The noose tightened until the scythe blade sliced cleanly through the rope above the general's head. The old man fell to the ground, his ankles breaking loudly at the impact. Kerr opened his eyes to see the rebel craft grinning, and then the horde was upon him. The Once and Future Nerd Book 1 Princes of Jordan Chapter 6
1: The Singing Sister
0: Episode 1 Outside of Armstrongard A pair of garbage collectors were making their rounds early in the morning. As one approached the base of a cliff far below the walls of a reclusive monastery, a putrid stench wafted towards her. She found the remains of a human smashed from the long fall from the monastery above. The body, as you may remember, belonged to Sir Jasper Frieshelm and had been thrown off this cliff by Brennan and Regan after the battle of the previous evening. With a sigh, the garbage woman set to her task.
2: Hey Janice, get over here.
0: A second garbage collector stumbled out from behind the hill, dragging behind her an overflowed bag of refuse in one hand. In the other, she awkwardly held the leads to two pack horses. The horses were yoked as if to pull a cart, but instead of a cart, they dragged more trash bags awkwardly along the ground behind them. The first trash collector stared at her colleague in confusion.
2: What up? Where's the
3: wagon? I sold it. You sold it? Yeah. We're rich, Elsa. You sold it in the last ten minutes.
4: Rich?
2: What do you mean, rich? Who'd you sell it to?
3: To a knight for twenty gold pieces. Still think I wouldn't know good business if it bit me in the ass? Let me see. Well, you didn't pay me yet.
2: I'm sorry, could you say that again, please?
3: Yeah. His liege's seat was just usurped, so he needed the card to go back to the castle, restore the rightful line, and then he's going to send us our gold. With interest.
4: Oh, gods help us, Janice.
2: What? You've been had, you moron. And this time you dragged me down with you. That wasn't no knight. You
3: didn't see the guy. He had the kind of face you can trust. Oh. He had the kind of face you can trust. That's why you gave away our livelihood. Real earnest-looking old fella. Looked kind of sickly, too.
0: Nearby, Brennan sat in the driver's seat of a slightly malodorous cart, being pulled by the late Sir Frieshelm's horses. Sir Brennan did not look well. The sickness from the untreated arrow wound in his arm had finally caught up to him and he was pale and sweaty. Billy, Jen, and Nelson rode in the back of the cart. Jen was covered up to her neck in loose hay. Billy was tending to her red and swollen neck, carefully dabbing the last of Nia's icy slush over the injuries. The wagon approached a guardhouse, blocking their path. you be okay for a few minutes? At a weak nod from Jen, Billy and Nelson covered the girl completely with hay. By the time the cart reached the guardhouse, Jen was all but invisible. Where to, old tiber? Never
2: heard of sentries guarding the exits of a city.
0: Been a string of killings lately.
1: The city guard seeks for questioning a young woman with gold hair who may be connected to the murder of Sergeant Jamie McShane. She was last seen travelling with an elf and an accolade. Any information which leads to the location of such persons will be generously rewarded. Sorry to say we know little of the
2: local gossip. These two are but simple troubadours, and I am their escort to the house of my lord for his harvest and feast.
0: That'll be fine. Just pay the exit toll, and you're free to go.
2: Exit toll? I've never heard.
0: It dawned on Brennan to whom this toll would truly be paid. I am a knight of the realm. Knight, eh? Well, that's nice. The cocksore of the thing is, though, the toll just tripled. Didn't it? <laughs> Been a rough year for the city. Rough
2: year. So you understand that what you're asking is counter to the law and punishable by forfeiture of property?
0: Do you want to leave or do you want to waste our time? As the guards dickered with Brennan over the fee, a figure in a dirty hooded robe stumbled out of a nearby alley behind the guards. This personage stumbled and tripped as if incredibly drunk and clutched a small bottle the guards paid no notice.
2: So be it. I travelled without coin, but perhaps in its stead you would accept a free performance from this talented troupe. No, not at all. Boys.
4: Why do we have to sing? Why can't I learn
2: to lighten the shit out of someone? Just do it.
0: Reluctantly, Billy and Nelson climbed out of the wagon. They stood awkwardly in front of the guards, each looking to the other for guidance on how to begin. Better fucking be good. Better be good. With a deep breath, Billy dove into his performance. Yo, Nelson! Drop 16
3: bars on their asses.
2: Seriously?
0: Billy shrugged. The boys fidgeted in awkward silence. Eh. Uh, mm, know any Led Zeppelin? Some. Let's sing when there's songs about hobbits. Led Zeppelin doesn't have songs about hobbits. Led Zeppelin has like 20 songs about hobbits. I don't know any of those. ACDC? Okay, what song? The one they play on the classic rock station. I don't listen to the classic rock station. What the fucker? Billy belted out a guttural sound, which I suppose... Pose could be compared to singing. The guards were transfixed by the boy's strange performance. As this performance continued, the drunkard stumbled into the first guard briefly before wandering away.
4: Beg your pardon, constable.
0: The guard did not even turn, engrossed as he was by the boy's so-called singing. As the boys continued their performance, Nia and Yelouine paused at the intersection of one dark, shady alley and another darker and shadier alley, squinting to recall the route Regan had suggested.
3: Yes, I'm certain this was the way she said.
4: I just want this business behind us. My parents would die if they knew my life had come to this.
0: Nia decisively led them into the darker alley, Yilloween reluctantly following. As they hurried, they passed an old man sitting on the ground in the shadows, covered in dirt and with a grimy cloth wrapped around his head. He called to them hoarsely.
1: Spare some coin for an old man what's lost his sight. We've none to spare.
0: I'm sorry. The two continued quickly along the alley until Nia suddenly stopped. Wait. And turned back towards the old beggar.
4: Even if we did, there's no time. The
3: blind man has seen the face of God. This may be a coincidence, but I must know.
4: We're in something of a hurry in case you've forgotten. Who's that?
3: My name is Nia. I'm an acolyte.
1: (laughs) You talk like a college girl.
3: Order of the Quill. Before that, I was a farm girl from Seald. Though, you talk like someone from near there, isn't it? I can't quite place your particular dialect,
1: though. I uh, try not to get hung up on what's passed. Got a coin of spare for an old country boy down on his luck?
3: I've no coin, but this incense will fetch a decent price at market.
1: Oh, thank you, dearie, and may Galadon smile on you.
3: It's not charity, brother. I'm buying information, paying a toll on the path to the face of God.
1: Uh, there's that college girl again. Did
3: you see anything last night?
1: I ain't seen nothing in quite a while.
3: So you've not been blind since birth, then? May I ask what happened?
4: Hunting an accident. Whatever you're doing, we need to be at the rendezvous.
3: Pray forgive my bluntness, but I think that's a lie. I think you've seen something which most men do not see in their lives.
0: Suddenly, fear was plain on the beggar's face.
3: I'm sure you've ample reason for not wanting to speak of it, but in Galadin's name I must know what you've seen.
1: It wasn't me, Us? Oh, so but please believe me, it weren't by my hand.
3: What wasn't by your hand?
1: The
0: Prince. At the gatehouse, the boys continued their performance. The drunken figure stumbled up to the cart and put an unsteady hand onto Brennan's shoulder.
4: Spare some goodwill so I can break my fast. Ba-dum, ba-dum,
2: ba-dum,
1: ba-dum.
4: Or maybe buy some God-stamped earplugs.
2: I cannot help you. Please step off my
1: property.
0: A small pile of coins quietly slid from the drunkard's robes into Brennan's lap.
4: Everybody's all charity and goodwill. comes out of their purse. Well,
1: well, well,
0: well. Enough of this shit. Yeah, enough. The boys stopped singing abruptly. Billy actually looked somewhat disappointed. The drunkard collapsed next to the cart and began snoring loudly. Payment!
4: Now! <laughs> there you will.
0: Meanwhile, in the alley...
4: Nia, they are preparing
1: to leave. If we don't... What, Prince? They was lying when they said a servant and Caridian done it. I seen who done it. Were no servant. Sure as I'm breathing, that was radiant the very same in that woman's body. I think I believe you. I tried to stop it. I had my bow. Her hook. face.
3: I need to know what that woman looked like.
1: I never saw her face. No,
3: you must have.
1: Back was to me that old time, and a Galadon, and you know I've the fear of the gods in me, but I'll never forget the way that prince looked at her, like he knew her almost.
0: Nia stared at the old beggar, confusion evident on her face. Yillowine's patience ran out, however. He grabbed Nia's arm and pulled. Come on!
3: Thank you for your time, brother, and may Galadin smile on you.
0: Yillowine dragged the acolyte away, and the two ran down the alley, away from the man formerly known as Peter of Brimshire. At the guardhouse, the boys climbed back into the cart as Brennan dropped a few coins into the guard's outstretched hand. Still a little light. When the guard continued to offer his hand, the old knight made a show of grimacing and passed along the rest of his coin. With a smug grin, the guard dropped his bounty into a purse on his waist. One by one, the coins vanished into the cloth pouch, only to fall out of a tiny hole in the bottom. The sleeping drunk caught each coin quick as a cat before they could fall onto the ground to make a sound. All right. On your way. You too, you lush. Find somewhere else to sleep. God damn it. There used to be some respect for the law and order in this city. The guard planted a kick in the drunkard's ribs. The drunkard, in return, reluctantly stood up and shambled along behind the cart out of the city. Confused, the guard shook his foot in pain. A few minutes later, Brennan reined in the horses at a small supply gate in the city wall, out of sight of the guardsmen. Perfectly timed, Nia and Yillowin emerged from the supply gate and climbed aboard the cart. The drunkard, now appearing quite sober indeed, jumped gracefully into the cart as well. Regan, of course, dropped her hood and jingled her own now full purse with pride.
4: Well... Those two were about as useful as a suit of crotchless armor. I appreciate the contribution to the royal treasury, though. How you doing back there, girly?
0: Jen wiggled her head free of the hay and managed a slight wave towards Regan, but immediately winced at the movement. Allow me. Nia tended to the girl's neck gently, conjuring some wisps of icy moisture out of the air to soothe the wounds. As she did so, Yiloui noticed Brennan's pale face as well.
4: Sir Brennan, why don't you let me take the reins for a little while? I'm fine. I'm sure you are, but I know all the best routes to the White Forest. Very well.
0: The party drove the wagon all day and into the evening. The White Forest first appeared as barely a speck on the horizon, but as the wagon drew closer, the forest loomed large under a blood-red moon.
4: Stay on this road for another four miles. Then look for a smaller road heading southwest.
1: Nia, how are they
4: doing back there? Nia climbed to the front of the wagon.
3: How much longer to the entrance of the forest?
4: If we keep this pace and only stop to water the horses, I think we can be there before noon tomorrow.
3: I think I can keep the swelling in Jen's throat down that long, but we can't afford to lose much time.
4: Mm. And Sir Brennan?
3: He's a hardy man, but... I don't want either of them sleeping tonight. Too
4: easy for them to not wake up.
0: With much effort... Brennan pulled himself to the front of the wagon as well.
2: Uh, I'd rather be party to this dialogue than the family hound talked about in hushed tones.
4: Same here.
3: Very well. We need you both to not sleep tonight. Just as a precaution.
4: So, if anyone has ideas for how to keep them awake for the next 18 hours or so, I'm all ears.
3: Just before I met you all, I was preparing to give a talk on the concept of divine avatars in the literature of antiquity. I won't remember all the citations, but I think I could- The goal is to keep them awake, remember? I
4: kind of want to hear that one. A priest, an orc, and a human walk into a tavern.
3: I know this one. The punchline is, my fist walks into your face. Uh-uh. we could tell stories. I'll start. In a hole in the ground, there lived a...
4: Copyright. Huh? That cart up ahead just turned right. You should copy it. This is not the
2: first time I've looked at the Jolly Farmer in the eyes under the blood moon. Would you like to hear of the other times?
3: A little morbid there, but morbid's interesting.
2: Very well. I first faced death on the feast of my 11th year.
0: For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Rhiannon Angel, Garrett Armin, Dan Dobransky, Lily Drexler, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Paul Notice, Frank Querez, and Julie Reed. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Storey is an associate producer. The Once in Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with second unit production sound by Gary O'Keefe. Foley, sound design, and post-production mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez.
1: Theme music is composed by Tom Lee.
0: Thanks for downloading...